0: Oh. Uh.
1: <laughs> hey, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, I am super excited this week to have uh, a friend and a former colleague. I almost said a former friend. That's not, that's not right. Uh, current friend, former colleague, Courtney Thompson. Welcome, Courtney.
0: Hey, thanks, Brian. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, this will be fun. These are, uh, these are always informative sessions, but when I when I have super cool people, uh that actually like, it's even more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: so glad you actually like me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Courtney, a lot of, lot of new, uh, new news in your world, right? So for folks that, uh, that don't know, we were teammates at Flagstar Bank for a number of years and Courtney ran uh, the default servicing business at, uh, at Flagstar and so, um, interesting times early on, right? Because still navigating the post-first crisis wave of, of default and all the regulatory rigmarole and re-engineering and building a more modern consumer experience there. And right in the middle of that, boom, pandemic, COVID, and chaos. So t- let's talk a little bit about, before we go into your what you're doing now, let's, let's yeah. talk about like yeah. Because I remember the, 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 the quick pivot, right, when mm-hmm. the world changed uh, about 15 yeah. months ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, t- take us through, like, what happened that, that first week when it was just all, everything was hitting the fan.
0: Well, it's, it was pretty insane, actually, especially because we ran a tri-state operation, right? So we had people in Bellevue, Washington, interestingly, King County, the first county in the country that sent people home. And so, you know, of any department at the bank, we had a quick learning session on how to move default call center home because we had to do it in a day. Yeah. Um, And as soon as that happened, um, it was the same time where we weren't sure if those 14 people from the cruise ship really gave us all COVID-19, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Um, And so we weren't sure how real this thing was and we weren't ready to be scared yet. Um, But Friday the 13th, which is, you know, apropos. Uh, you know, (laughs) we like hit the red button and, um, you know, moved all of our humans home. Um, it was an early decision. I think Flagstar did a just tremendous job in managing conceptual COVID-19, getting humans home disaster response. I mean, really, I mean, it was genuinely impressive. And I was at the table for a lot of the big meetings and it, it was a big deal. Um, but you know, that month of March, um, I remember it well. Even though I think biologically, we're not supposed to remember things like that. I think that our <laughs> brains protect us from those events. Um, uh, but you know, we actually had an early start. Uh, we knew that this thing was going to hit. Um, you, you mentioned this team that you know, I had the honor of building at Flagstar had been working together in lockstep for seven years. Um, so all of my key leaders, you know, we knew how we sneezed you know, blown everything else. And so we weren't dealing with some of the challenges other servicers were dealing with because we all knew that everyone was gonna show up. Um, And because of that, you know, we were first to market with a web interface. Yes, our phone centers were blowing up, but we had strategies for when that happened. Um, Because at my soul, I'm a fixer. I'm a girl who likes to jump on IEDs. Um, And so, you know, (laughs) If every worst case scenario is mapped out, you know, every now and again, you get to use them. Um, But there were so many critical moments. I remember, um, you know, the day before um, there was a a national disaster actually declared by President Trump at the time. Um, I remember being on the phone with, you know, my boss, Lee Smith at the time and saying, um, this is a Stafford Act national disaster. This is what's going to happen. I think we should put all of our loans on foreclosure hold today. So we started, and then it happened, and we were like, "Yes." and um, so it's like small wins in the default world to be able to predict something before it annihilates you. Um, and you know, same thing with the declaration on you know March 27, 5 pm, 4 15, 7 pm is when the CARES Act came out. Um, yeah. And so we were on our phones with our lawyers you know Saturday morning at 8 a.m and had updated our web interface to make sure our consumers you know had. You know that stuff taken care of and you know um, it was it, it, it's like seeing and remembering black but then I can also recount literally minutes um, yeah. that happened and you know the phones were ringing off the hook for about 45 days we started new higher classes on April 10 of 60 plus people at a time that we were training in a remote or environment shipping equipment in a remote environment um, you know, but the interesting thing about COVID and that time period that I really genuinely learned was, um, you can do anything, yeah. to show up, um, you know, but also that, you know, everyone in our country at the time was going through the same experience. And so when you are a default mortgage servicing gal, you are kind of a master of poo right? Yeah. Typically, people <laughs> complain about your processes. Typically, people are unhappy with you. Even if they're like subservicing clients, they always hate you because default is never good enough. Um, right. Even if it is great. Um, and so you have to have thick skin. And you know, at that time, even consumers that were waiting on the phone for 45 minutes were grateful. And they were like, I yeah. just want to know what I can do. We have crazy stories too, um, oh, yeah. but you know, the gratitude and, you know, the, the all in this togetherness at that time yeah. was pretty, was, it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was in a, I had the perspective of being here at Finlocker, so I wasn't with the bank any longer <clears throat> and I, you and I were, were having some conversations, you know, early on and And I was also talking with some other servicers and what what struck me was that you guys were way ahead of the rest of the world in terms of having a not even not just having a plan, but executing on a plan, like immediately, which was amazing. Well,
0: you don't have time to think. And so you have to I mean, one of my key philosophies in life is the body knows. And that's not a creepy yeah. philosophy. You just know. If you lean in, you, you know it's something good if you're leaning in and you're excited about it. If you're going like right. this, you should pay attention to it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm telling you, for us, it was 100% that the humans that were leading the charge had all been together, had all known each other, you know, were all doing homeschool together. We were all doing, you know, all of that stuff. And so yeah. there was... There was a lot of messy ponytails in late night wine and figuring it out, you know, and right. it, it worked out.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, having a team like that, the trust factor is there. Right. So you you're already that that much farther ahead than any other body, any other team that's just coming together. You already had that that trust factor. People, they, you know. I knew if I was going to be the one at midnight, you know, doing whatever I'm doing, that there was three people with me doing that. I wasn't on my own. And that's, that's, you You know,
0: and the other thing is that, you know, I think that's important in life, but also, you know, when you manage a team of, you know, when I left, it was almost 600 people, Um, you know, diversity of perspective is the most important thing and having a forum where people feel like they can share their perspective is so important, particularly in default mortgage servicing. If you're one person that has a question in your head about whether or not we're making the right decision, and there's not a safe forum for that, where even if you have to fight it out with somebody, fight it out. Because if you have a consumer on the phone you know, that, that says that they were improperly charged X or Y, the chances are if you have a million loan portfolio, there might be a million people in that same scenario. And so like, right. if you don't say something, if you don't raise your hand, if you don't feel comfortable – and so it was a goofy team – um, but the best team in the industry and, you know, always, always people that were willing to show up with their voice. And, and I think that that's important, you know, in cultures, in startup cultures too, you know, cause I mean, that's intense work, right? Um, these are yeah. people that spend a lot of time together. Um, oh, yeah. and you know, if you don't love the people that you're working with, I mean, I think that that's maybe the number one thing to go, maybe it's time to change <laughs> your mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you say, you mentioned the startup world, you know, that's where I live now and it's been two years, which is crazy, um, that I've been here for two years and, and it, it it's all, all the same things you just described is what we go yeah. through every day. And, and we're in the process of launching a new mobile app, right? Our, our 3.0 yeah. version. So we've had Saturdays and late night UAT testing and first thing in the morning, retesting so that we can hit the button to, to, to promote the, 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 the product out. So um, the, tr- the trust factor is huge. Liking the people you're you're working with is huge. Um, and there's that as this sounds morbid and sick, but there's a little bit of fun when you have that dynamic, right? No,
0: it's kind of you know, addictive. It really, really
1: is. Yeah. You're, it's, it's completely chaotic, but it's, insanely fun you you belong to
0: something bigger than yourself um and i think that that's what we all i mean i think most people i won't put it on everybody most people many people you know do want that they want that that experience and i think that there's room on the planet for people who just want to go to work and go home too you know it's
1: it's, yeah you gotta have them yeah Yeah. Yeah. thanks thanks all kinds so I, I, uh, my director's like pointing at me, saying, "I forgot something." There's no director. This is That's So I usually open up and ask my guests to to talk about this term, fintech. But I wanted to get right into that story because I wanted to transition in it. So you you did amazing things at Flagstar yeah. for Flagstar, and 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 I I got I had a pretty cool perch to watch that happen. So Thank kudos you. to you. And now you've pivoted out into the universe, and and are going to be taking your doing the LeBron James. I'm taking my services <laughs> to or my talents to the industry. You're you're really, yeah. You you're going to take your talents to the industry. But before we talk about what you're up to, uh, because I think this is a good a good uh, segue. Uh, what does fintech mean to you? What does the word fintech mean well, to you? Well, from
0: a Scalia interpretation perspective, I would <laughs> say that it is financial services technology. Um, you know, for me, it's, you know, it, 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 it should be, how about that? It should be um, innovation and not just tech. And if we could work the word inno in there, maybe it should be like fin innov tech.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, because if you think about what is successful in, 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 in technology and in fintech, it's you know, people that are actually solving problems that exist, not tech for tech's sake, not you know, slapping a workflow right. on top of another technology, not you know, replicating what is, it's thinking about how things can be better, right? How can we create yep. a new experience or a lifelong customer? Or, you know, you know, how do we solve problems, fill gaps, and add value with technology, you know. Happenstance financial services space.
1: Right. Love it. So, you've met this is, I think, my 10th or 11th episode. 11. So, I've had 11 very similar, but very unique uh, descriptions. And I think it's, it makes sense because it's all about perspective, where you sit and, and how you use it. So, let's pivot now and, and talk about kind of. The new world you're entering, where you you started yes. a, a new company, uh, yes. a growing company, right? A yeah, yeah, growing yeah. company. What the heck uh, well, are you going to be doing? Um,
0: so you know, when I was um, at the bank, I had the honor of you know running our fintech accelerator program, and I jumped right in with a lot of really cool technologies, you know, largely on the origination space not always in servicing and servicing is my homeboy as it were, as it were yeah. um you know and i really got to see you know how this energy right really could make processes better and 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 particularly from the perspective of working for a bank and i say it like that like a bank um <laughs> because it's pretty <laughs> forward-looking but it's still a bank right there's still committee meetings yeah. and a lot of like Meetings and oversight, and all this, like all this, you know, all this stuff. Oh, and start yeah. to break into a bank. And you know, interestingly, my entire career has been about creating access for consumers. You know, educating consumers, and you know, treating consumers by the letter of you know whatever law existed at that time period, right? Um, and and it's not that different. It's just a, it's a pivot, right? Um, so running an accelerator program yep. at a bank, um, you're creating access for. <laughs> people who are energetic, people who care, and people who want to solve those problems and create that technology. Um, And so, you know, what I learned through my years, I entered operations in servicing as a non-traditional candidate. Um, I I was a lawyer first, I was a trial lawyer first by trade. Um, I had the honor of building technology, data environments, proprietary tools for Flagstar. Actually, I was given the opportunity to throw default servicing in the water like John the Baptist and pull it out in the name of Flagstar. And it was so cool. Um, But I knew I wasn't going to be an operator forever. I knew I wasn't going to work at a bank forever. Um, And so, you know, there was an interesting, you know, opportunity, you know, with the world pivoting the way that it is right now in both financial services technology and the experience that I've had there. Um, And in, you know, the regulatory environment, the consumer environment, there's a need in our industry and so, you know, um, I took a deep breath and I decided that um, I wanted to spend all of my time doing the thing that makes me that energetic and makes me that excited. And so, you know, Consigliere was born, um, uh, you know, we aim to be your trusted advisor, right? In all things, people, process, and technology, um, but really in honor of the consumer and the consumer experience. So whether that's policy, um, we're working on some cool stuff in remote online notarization and, you know, other fun stuff in the industry right now. Um, We're working on some stuff with the Homeowners Assistance Fund, which is the $10 billion from the Treasury that needs to go to the states, um, needs to get to consumers and then back to servicers, Um, but also high-risk regulatory management. So, you know, that is where I came up. That is how I was able to receive all of my opportunities. Um, along the way, you know, I worked in the first big consent orders post Dodd Frank. I worked, you know, um, resolving high risk regulatory problems for other financial institutions after that. And, you know, that's, you know, that's where I cut my teeth. Is that the right? One? I don't know. Um, and so, yeah. of course, that, and of course, that now. So, whether it's re- readiness, we're working with a couple institutions on regulatory readiness. Um, I'm sure you saw the circular unprepared is unacceptable. Um, from the CFPB, yeah, um, but also we're here to help if you find yourself in a sticky spot too.
1: And, and I, what I like what, what you're doing, it's not just old school mentality around regulatory yeah. issues and servicing. You you bring a very forward thinking process, including leveraging innovative tech as a, as a solution. So. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, and I find
0: that, you know, I have a unique spot in the industry, um, you know, for these types of businesses because I do have great relationships with the fintech community and great tools that, you know, that I can connect people with, but also I've been in the actual trenches, and a lot of people haven't. Some of them have had fancy roles in Washington, some of them have, you know, um, had, you know, big roles, you know, at other institutions, but literally ground up trenches, whether it's call center, you know, all of it um and so it, it is a different right. perspective it, it also is a different type of working relationship um but but it but it it's 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 taken off and um i couldn't be more excited
1: so when you hit on the uh the, the bureau's kind of uh
0: right.
1: edict right what i mean i'm 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 part of a few uh discussion groups. And so it's, it's pretty heated in there. But what are you, what are you hearing from servicers themselves? Cause it's, you know, like, again, I, you and I came from a, a place that really did it well. And uh, it's easy to say, oh, they weren't talking to us because we do it well, right? But I mean, yeah. you know, without naming names, I'm sure there, there's people, there, there's servicers that haven't done it well. and well, the list of haven't services that are. Services, are right?
0: um, no, I mean, yes. And, and I think that, you know, again, we've, I had the honor of having a team that had worked together through a long time, sometimes through sticky scenarios. Um, but much like anything in the universe, you know, servicers are often only as good as the last article that some angry consumer gave to the AP. Um, right. I have never met a human in the default mortgage right. servicing industry that I believed. Wanted to foreclose on a consumer or anything else like that. Um, You know, it's just, I think a lot of times it it is, it is about, you know, who is managing the organization and what, and what is their core and are they managing widgets and commoditizing humans, um, meaning the bottom line only, or are they actually thinking about what they're doing? Um, and you know, the Bureau has been really, really clear, uh, they've given us a roadmap uh, you can find it at CFPB.gov or you know, <laughs> whatever there was. They've given you a roadmap. You know what you need to do. Um, you know and 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 you know you just have to be prepared. I think that the industry right now is braced for two big things related to the CFPB. Um, one is you know there's a series of new rule updates, changes, whatever you want to call them. Um, new rules in the debt collection space. Um, and in RESPA, but then also the CFPB, um, you know, let us know in April that they plan to issue a rule. And uh, Monday, they said that it will be here by the end of the month. Um, you know, they plan to issue a rule that impacts um, the current foreclosure environment. Um, so, moratoriums stand to lift um, at the top of next month. Um, the Bureau said in an investigatory rulemaking initiative in April. We're thinking December 31st. What do you think, industry? Um, Right? Deep breath. Get your paper bag out. Does your director have a paper bag Um, to breathe into? Um, No, so, but they also said, or tell us why it shouldn't be that, right? Um, And so, you know, I think that they're trying. It's interesting to see a federal regulator. put its neck out in a space that has traditionally been reserved to the states. Um, There's a nice, a little like American legal history (laughs) conundrum there. Um, But, you know, at the same time, I think they are trying to, you know, policymakers try to do the best things that they do. I don't know that they always come from the trenches and understand the downstream implications of the decisions they make. Um, But, you know, foreclosure's been on a standstill since March 18 of 2020. Uh, and that includes foreclosures in the state of New York that have been pending for eight years. So it's not just this. Right. Pop- so the CFPB is attempting to regulate this population that has cruelly been impacted by COVID-19 financially. And that should happen. That's the right thing. Um, but, but I think that the industry's fingers yeah. are crossed that there is some middle ground between now and December 31st. And, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I would guess that, you know, some exclusions from that rule would be consumer has been reviewed for loss mitigation and that's not available. Um, The foreclosure commenced prior to the declaration of a national emergency, you know, things in clear categories like that, where, I I mean, quite candidly, we have an entire vendor network that has had zero cash flow, thank you, PPE, since last March. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and then and they're about whenever the the the, right. the so, switch so, flips, if you they're think about, about to scope get and crushed. Scale,
0: um, at Flagstar, we had about five thousand assets in foreclosure in February of 2020. If foreclosure happened on the day I left in March, you know that looks something like to the tune of like fifty thousand. Um, and so, yeah, this network has yeah. been deprived of cash flow. Um, the foreclosure moratoriums have been extended you know, five and six days before they were supposed to be lifted, you know, they ha- do they pay their people? Do they call them back early? Yeah. Do they just wait? Like, how, you know, how do you even manage this environment? Not to mention the fact it's not just them. Think about courts. Courts haven't been managing foreclosures at all for a year yeah. and a half. What are they going to do now? Uh, sheriffs. Uh, heck, you know, uh, all, of the, all of the downstream implications here, you know, are going to be nasty depending upon what this foreclosure wave actually looks like
1: yeah yeah it's 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 so fascinating and scary at the same time because cl- clearly when we when you know in the origination side and in the the yeah. the inventory side of real estate there's an impact yeah. that's happening because of this moratorium so just for the good of of the housing industry and stabilizing values and getting inventory we need to have you know a a piece of inventory that comes from foreclosures. that's just always been part of well, yeah there's the not
0: there's there's nothing and, and there's broken. quite the and, inventory
1: yeah and and so it, it does feel like the there needs to be some it's almost like opening the floodgate you need to just kind of slowly let the water start flowing out without you know Ripping out the berms yeah. and the beams and all well, that. I mean, stuff. we have so a so lot of good lenders
0: in that network. I think that people are going to do it the right way to the extent that they can. Um, there's a rule environment to support what the right way yeah. is now. Whereas in the you know in the last downturn, all of the rules, the CFPB, like none of it existed, and so you know people did the best with you right. know what was there. And now the rules do exist, and so um, I hope better for the industry this time around.
1: I'm I'm uh, I'm ever optimistic, so I ha- I actually feel like uh, it it won't be like we went what we went through. No, back well, certainly in not on the servicer side,
0: and those totally rules different. alone will prohibit any tidal wave of uh, yeah. really making it. I yeah. mean, there's only so many foreclosures that you can right. like assets that you can review for foreclosure eligibility in a day. Like there's only
1: so many. Yeah. Yeah wow so we we've been going here for a good twenty five minutes i i i wanna close by letting folks uh get to know you a little bit better so for one share with the group how they can get a hold of you if if, if if you want them to <laughs> um and then <laughs> uh don't don't call me I'll find you <laughs> and then share something. That, that will help people just get to know you sure. outside of this business a little bit. So start with how we can how we can find you yeah. if, if if uh if we have some servicers 100%. or assets. Well, all my that information in is you, at our website.
0: Um it's consigliera.com. Think of Tony Soprano, Consiglieri, and give it a girl give it a girl name.com. Um, right. yeah. Courtney at Consigliera.com. Um, right. that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn um, and I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. Um, and so, you know, find me there, Courtney Thompson or the company, and I'd love to connect. I'd love to hear about your problems. I'd love to see, I'd love to just meet you, um, and see if there's a way that, you know, um, we can help in the future yeah. and me. Uh, I mean, I think that, I think that the most important <laughs> thing to know about me is that like, I really am a human's human and I learned after, a long time of being a traditional litigator, um, where I thought that I just <laughs> wanted to be alone and win my cases. Um, that that was a pretty unhappy life. And um, you know, since the beginning of time, it's interesting. My, all of my energy has always been driven by people. So to think that you know that I'm opening a company to you know create more access for consumers um, to all of our services and to you know all of this technology. you know, I'm currently living the coolest time period of my whole life because I'm walking in my own shoes. And so, you know, uh, being a human's human at my core, um, I wasn't lying to you when I said I wanna meet you. (laughs) Um, uh, But, you know, know, I'm a a, a lifelong learner about (laughs) humans. Um, And I hope to, you know, continue to deliver that for the industry in a way that we can make impact, not just for one portfolio or one institution, but hack, I mean, like, let's work for all of them. I mean, we, we can do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. For sure. It's doable. Yeah, I love it. Thanks. Love the energy. Uh, so excited for you and what you're doing. And um, it's going to be, uh, I know it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but you you don't mind that. That's no big deal. Uh, finally, uh, we got to get back on the uh on the race course and do a little yeah, virtual
0: find me on uh, bike riding or bike is... racing. My handle is We Begin Again. Um, <laughs> and you can race Brian as well. What's your handle? There you
1: go. Yeah, I'm out of practice, so uh, <laughs> you, can, you won't be racing me. You'll just be crushing me. So <laughs> Thank you. Well, this was fun. Courtney, thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Um, as always, you brought the, brought the thanks, fire, Brian. brought the energy. And Appreciate you joining Thanks everybody All right, here we go.
0: I'll have to edit some of this but